Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We are a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. If this is not your first time listening, then welcome back. Yes, welcome back. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Cthulhu Art. The link is in the show notes. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Jenny at the show. Yeah. See some Cthulhu art. art. And then, of course, Rachel, who does, uh, what is it, Rusty Phoenix? Rusty Phoenix with our other uh, soon-to-be shirt. Those ladies are badass, so I feel like even if I'm still feeling like shit tomorrow, I should go out to see them. You should go out to see them. To the thing. And us. Yeah. But mostly them, because we're dumb. (laughs) This will be... An event that's happened well past this air date of the podcast. But it's our Pill Brigade's 12-year anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Pill Brigade. Thanks. Still not making any money. <laughs> Unlike some of the people we're going to be talking about today who made quite a bit of money. Yes, some of them. And some of them had hopes of making a lot of money and achieving a lot of fame. Today we are talking about... Hollywood Mayhem, pretty mm-hmm. much. This is our Hollywood Mayhem series. We're going to do two episodes on Hollywood Mayhem. Double the fun. Double the fun. Because it's Tinseltown, and you just got to go fucking crazy. Just and gotta go all out. who knows? Maybe we'll go for a third. Who knows? There's always Soon, something Something's happening. always going on. There's so always something in I'm, I'm sure more material to come. Yes. We might be able to squeeze the third one out of it. So do you want to just <laughs> tell the people who we're going to be talking about today just right off the bat? Yeah. All right. Who are you going to be talking about today, Joanna? I am going to be talking about Gene Spangler and then Elizabeth Short, um, also known as the Black Dahlia. I'm going to be talking about Natalie Wood and George Reeves, also known as Superman. I believe he had a part in Gone with the Wind, too. Yes, he did. But He played one of the Tarleton twins. That is just, that movie's, it's a fad. People are going to get over <laughs> that movie, but Superman thing to be remembered the man of steel yes was he the original original superman i think he was the first like when you think of superman in black and white mm-hmm. he's the man that you think of oh yeah yeah and i'm not sure if he was the very very first but he was certainly the first he was black big and one. white times it was black and white first. yeah well was, you know he was yeah it was it was old it it's was pretty old pretty old school if uh, there was a first before him that hadn't been around for long. Well, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you start us off today, Joanna? Okay. So I'll start you off with telling you about the disappearance of Jean Spangler. Jean Spangler. Mm-hmm. She was actually born right in our neck of the woods in Seattle, Washington. Wow. Back when it was just a log in town, pretty much, right? Yeah. September 2nd, 1923. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there was that was that was well before Nirvana. Oh yeah. So, um I didn't get much on her childhood, but at some point she moved to Los Angeles. She graduated from Franklin High School and that's when she started um becoming like a kind of like a go-go dancer and she modeled some. So, she had kind of various performing jobs, but yeah. nothing like major. Um but by the time 
she disappeared, she'd been in like several like spit parts of Hollywood movies. Oh yeah, just yeah, you know whatever was around because shit was being filmed everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, a funny thing, you know, if she was in L.A. in 1941, that means she was there for the Battle of Los Angeles when the military attacked what they didn't, you know, a, a, an unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what it was and just shot a whole bunch of shells off at it and had planes chasing it and shit. And no Seriously? one. Yep. No one knows what it is. Have we talked about that yet? Oh, we haven't talked about that okay. yet. Okay. That's just a weird thing. It's called the the Battle of Los Angeles. The Battle of Los yeah. Angeles. I was feeling like that was just a totally like made up thing. No, that's a. It was a thing that happened. Hmm. Crazy. Fucking only in L.A., dude. <laughs> right. Just all kinds of crazy down there. I tell you. So a few of the films that she had been featured in, I, I'm not even sure if any of them came out prior to her disappearance. I think a couple of them did because she was sort of well-known enough to where she gets married and has a kid and they go through this horrible custody battle. Oh, yeah. In 1942, she gets married to this guy. His name is Dexter Benner. And they have a kid and the daughter's name is Christine. They divorced in 1946 and he was just like a total dick about it apparently he tried to get custody of her and did this whole smear campaign that she oh, was wow. like yeah just like kind of like what would be considered like you know a, like a loose a woman with loose morals oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. and like you know that's back in like the early 40s, 40s. 50s. yeah early 40s yeah 1944 well that's when her daughter was born they divorced in 1946 it was a really long drawn out custody battle between the two of them he was quoted as saying that she likes parties, uh, not priorities. Oh, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't, to be to be <laughs> perfectly honest? Right? Priorities suck. Yeah, they're shitty. Unless their priority is to party, in which case your priorities <laughs> are a lot of fun. Yeah. There's like your kids and then there's like other priorities. Things right, that other people right. think are a fucking priority and you're just like, God damn it, why are you hassling me about this stupid shit? Right, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, it was it was pretty ugly, and she was awarded custody though finally in 1948. So it like was like two years almost. My God. Yeah. So the movies that she had small roles as was one called "When My Baby Smiles at Me." That was 1948. Chicken Every Sunday, which was 1949, and Young Man with a Horn. And Young Man with a Horn didn't actually come out till. 1950 like she had filmed it before she disappeared but oh yeah it didn't come out till after there so, was a few movies that came over out when did she disappear um 1949 october 27 1949 so she was 26 years old at the time half the movie she was an actress in came out after she was dead was it like two of the three uh, she was in a total of eight movies oh okay well maybe these were the most those are probably the most well-known, which we've still mm-hmm. never heard of. Yes. But uh, she was in a total of eight movies, and she was uncredited in all of them. Hmm. Wow. So, yeah, that's something. <laughs> and Mummy's Dummies, did you say anything about that one? No. Okay, that was a Three Stooges short she was in. Oh, wow. Miracle of the Bells had Frank Sinatra in it. Mm-hmm. When My Baby Smiles at Me had Betty Grable. Okay. Chicken Every Sunday, does it list what that had? Interestingly, 
that had Natalie Wood in it. Oh, wow. How crazy is that? That is really crazy. That was not done on purpose. No. Just off the cuff, making a discovery and shiz. Crazy. <laughs> and then Doris Day was in Young Man with a Horn. Look who else was in Young Man with a Horn, because this is kind of significant, actually. Kirk that, Douglas. Kirk Douglas. That was the last, this was the last movie she made before wow. she disappeared. She was well known enough, kind of around like the Hollywood gossip scene and acting scene that it, it was in a lot of the papers, like this struggle with her ex-husband, all like the nasty shit he was saying. She ends up moving in with her mother following the divorce and she gets her daughter. And it's about one year after that awful custody battle was finally ended with her getting custody. Yeah, she's, so she's got the kid. She's got the kid. She's living with her mom. She's living with her brother and his wife. On the evening of her disappearance, she told her sister-in-law that she was going to go meet her ex-husband to discuss a late child support payment. And then she was going to go do work on a movie set so she wouldn't be back for like quite a while. Right. The last person they think saw her alive was a clerk at a farmer's market, like an actual store name because... Oh, right. Not yeah, was, like... Not like a oh, actual not like farmer's, a farmer's market now yeah. with like hippies selling things they grew in their backyard. But... Right. It, it, was, okay. it was called Farmer's Market was the name of the store. Gotcha. Gotcha. The clerk there recalled seeing Jean there and she was... her body um posturing and stuff seemed to indicate she was like waiting for someone just waiting for someone like, yeah like standing there like mm-hmm. looking probably up and down the road or whatever right okay right and that's the last time anyone ever fucking saw her and and when was this this was october 7th 1949 i'll be damned i did see a couple of sources that said she phoned her sister-in-law at some point and said that she was actually going to be gone all night instead that this movie shoot was going to go on all night oh, okay there's also several that like don't mention that part of it, so I'm not 100% sure. If so she may or may not she have may called. or may not have called her sister-in-law and said that she was actually going to be home not all night. Regardless, the following morning when Jean wasn't back, her sister filed a missing persons report. Fast forward two days to October 9th. Her purse was found near the Ferndale entrance to Griffith Park, and that's in Los Angeles. When the straps was like torn off and as if it had been yeah. like, yeah, as if it had been like kind of like ripped off her shoulder, maybe like, yeah. And inside the purse, there's a note, presumably written by her, but I don't know if they ever proved that because I I think the note's a kind of a big deal. The note was addressed to Kirk, and it read, "Can't wait any longer. Going to see Doctor Scott." It will work best this way while mother is away. And her mother did happen to be out of town. Interesting. Visiting relatives at the time. And so we can speculate that Kirk would be Kirk Douglas. Possibly. Can't wait any longer going to see Dr. Scott. What would you need? What, what's an urgent thing that would involve someone else? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the note for sure alludes to probably her seeking an abortion. It'll which... work best if mother's away because it only mm-hmm. takes, I mean, it probably takes a little bit longer back in these days. Well, you had to get it fucking illegally. Yeah. It wasn't legal. Yeah. Well, I you mean, had I to, even, it was like. Who knows what sort of procedure it was so, back then, I mean, then too. Back then, it, you just hoped it was somebody with some medical training. Right. For God's sakes. Ugh. They searched the whole rest of the park and like didn't find anything. No other clues at all. Wow. Yeah. And they haven't since then. Her mother gets back in town. 
and the police are questioning her. And her mother tells the police that someone by the name of Kirk has been picking her up lately, had picked her up a couple of times, but he never came in the house and always stayed out in the car. Right, right. That's like pretty much like every single guy I have ever dated. Rude. <laughs> Guys, like, seriously do not want to like deal with your family when, I don't know. When they're just trying to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Or they're only your imaginary boyfriend. Still rude. Mm-hmm. She didn't really get a chance to see, you know, who he was or right. whatever, but she did use the name Kirk and said she was going to be going out with Kirk a couple of times. I'm not sure how many other people are named like Kirk who would be in like the greater Los Angeles area at the time. And working, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I can't, it's not a very uncommon name. So, Kirk. of course, the police publish the note. Right. And it's in like the fucking papers. And so Kirk Douglas happens to be on vacation in Palm Springs and he like, gets wind of this either either he saw it in the papers or i mean it was holly i mean probably somebody knew and like told him who hey, knows Kirk, check out the paper you know how Do are you, you know this lady however like things got communicated to people like back then right uh, what was that <laughs> friendster friendster what the fuck is friendster <laughs> that was the one before myspace <laughs> oh i don't see i wasn't even like on computers enough to know about that at that point i didn't have a computer phone yet because that was still a ways away and yes ma'am and i probably just didn't even have a computer or get on said pc enough to know what friendster was <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're anyways he finds out about this in the note, and so he calls, like, the LAPD to basically say, like, oh, hey, that's not me. Like, I, I'm not the Kirk in that letter. <laughs> hey, I'm Kirk, but I'm Kirk Douglas, not whatever Kirk she's right. talk talking about. Right. A lot of people think it's kind of like a really weird thing that he called, but he just told them that he'd had a part in a movie because the movie hadn't come out yet right but he's like look yeah no we we were in the movie together but she was just an extra i didn't personally know her yeah I, that's it's not that weird i mean it's kind of weird. weird well but at I'm, the same time people he's thought it the was weird but i i and he's like he's like my name is kirk i was i know mm -hmm. that i know the person who the deceased or the the missing like this wasn't no, no that actually makes sense because and, he's like he's being forthcoming right then and there it's like hey he's Already cooperating, probably. I mean, right. It sounds like. Not to mention the fact that he's married. And I mean, the note is not only like addressed to Kirk, but it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to get an abortion, you know? And, right. And he's like married. And yeah. And he's a major, I mean, unlike her, she had been getting small parts and was like, you know, in the tabloid some. Um, but like, he was like a major fucking star. Like, he was like, yeah. And this is still back in, you know, the day when religion was pretty big and prevalent and so that's like a double no-no with the whole abortion thing like not only is it illegal oh, yeah. but like oh yeah god's not cool with it either right and if you're like married to someone else, it's just like ooh. yeah yeah yes yes so i can i can see him wanting to like clear things up on his own before like 
the tabloids get hold of it. Oh yeah, and especially because if he is and, married, he wants to be he wants to be able to tell his wife like I've already called the police. They know it's not me. Right. You know, just uh, and it'll come out eventually that they were working on this movie together. Oh, exactly. It won't they're, take long. They're just a couple of days into the investigation. They'll be finding out all that information anyway. So better to just maybe clear the air. Tell them right off the bat. It probably seems weirder now because we have a more inherent distrust in the system than they did in the 1940s and 50s. Right. Like The government now, was like, your dad. Yeah. <laughs> you felt like you could trust the government. Maybe something happened or not. Like I said, I don't know how many other Kirks are out there. Right. <laughs> There's a few reasons why I just don't think it was him. So right off the bat, he was in Palm Springs when right, she disappeared. Yeah. So he was out of town. And if it was like him or one of his friends, let's speculate, he was having an affair with her and he was the father of her unborn child and the Kirk and the note and everything. The thing is, is like, okay, for first of all, but her note indicates that she's like getting the abortion. Yeah. So she's kind of like, okay, like we had an affair, but I'm not going to insist on having the kid. Yeah, nor is she really which would probably be pretty like answer. really i mean gosh it's just so much scandal to be a single parent oh yeah back in the day uh, in in this particular way yes mm -hmm. if you are a single parent because your husband died in the war that's oh a different yeah no story. that's a different story like i mean she was a divorcee already i but mean that be was being divorced. a single parent it was sort of acceptable because when you had the kid you were married presumably yes so you didn't have a child out of wedlock that's just that was the thing it wasn't necessarily improper. being a single parent by circumstance bastards Joanna. but yeah so anyways then the note alludes that she's gonna go and try and get that done so if it was him or somebody working for him and that note was like in her purse like why the fuck would you leave it there it's like that's not a good plan. If that you're is not to, a good plan, like no, at all. Because the no. thing with the purse is, I feel like the purse was planted, and that no would one hundred percent well implicate you. Yes, yes, and I'm not a hundred percent sure of the note's authenticity. Whether that was planted too, or what? I definitely believe like her purse was just planted. It's just right there at the entrance of a major park in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Just conveniently there with like the one shoulder strap broken even just it's almost just, just too much perfect it's just, just like, oh perfect. hey but no other indications that she was in the park or anything happened to her in the park and this is one of the largest parks in america in north america not just america but in on the north american continent that is a damn big park it covers four thousand three hundred and ten acres of land wow yeah that's a whole hell of a lot of land yeah I just don't think it was him. Unlikely. Why would, if it was him, the note wouldn't have turned up? That was kind of like scenario number one for what happened. Okay. There's kind of another theory that's been floated out there as why she disappeared. All right. Theory number two. Theory number two. Mob connections. The fucking mob. The fucking mob. Now, I read names like this, and I, I'm thinking L.A. Confidential. I love that movie. Like, all the time. Like, when I talk about Black Dahlia, the Black Dahlia was given her nickname 
partly because of her looks and also maybe as like a nod to this film called The Blue Dahlia that was around at the same time. And that starred Veronica Lake. And remember in like LA Confidential, that's like Kim Basinger. She's like the Veronica Lake lookalike. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so here's another name like straight out of that movie, which is like, I just love the shit out of that movie. It's one of LA those Confidential. Movies, it's just it's a, it's so good. It's so good, and you just enjoy it like every time you watch it. You can just watch it like a million times, and you just like it every time. Yes, it's a great movie. Mob Connection. Apparently, one time, like in Palm Springs, Gene was spotted with this guy, Davy Ogle, who was known to be in cahoots. I'm going to say the word cahoots. I like that you said the word cahoots. It's a good word. With the gangster Mickey Cohen. Oh, shit. Yep. And I'm just not sold on this one probably more than others, just because I think he just used to go to, like, maybe a place she waitressed at, and she didn't really know him, and then they were seen together maybe one time in Palm Springs, like, saying hi or whatever. You know, like, they just, you know, there's fucking, like, movie stars, and there's fucking, like, gangsters, and they're all vacationing in Palm Springs. Hanging out, whatever. So maybe she saw this guy over there and I don't know. Just recognized him mm-hmm, and just exactly. people were like, hey, do you know who just waved at who? And The thing that was weird about it is that Ogle had disappeared two days after her, never to be seen again. Really? Yeah. And uh, they were thinking that he was under indictment, I guess, for oh. on conspiracy charges. And so they thought he fucking like. <laughs> just got the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, he just got the fuck out of Dodge. And that, oh, maybe she ran off with him. Like, maybe they were actually like lovers and they ran away together. Um, which her mom basically was just like, no. Like, she would not have left her daughter. Yeah. I mean, you go through this horrible long custody battle no for your five year old daughter and no you're just going to be like, way. oh, hey. I'm like, oh, oh, hi, random dude. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, let me just fucking run away with you and yeah, that start would be a new so life. Great. Especially since, okay, if she is starting to be more well-known and she's getting better roles, I mean, things seem to be kind of going up for her. She's maybe dating a new guy. She told a fellow um, actor friend, I think his name is Richard Cummings. He was one of the stars of The Pretty Girl. He played George Petty. And apparently they were buddies, and she told him that it wasn't, like, serious, but, you know, she was having, like, a real good time with, like, some guy that she was dating. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Apparently a good enough time she needed to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Or run away to, you know, Mexico with this with this gangster associate yeah, guy. Yeah. Her mom was just like, yeah, that's that would never fucking happen, and I'm pretty sure that it didn't. I it doesn't make sense after you have and especially if she ran off like together the so another thing that people kind of hop on is there was a few alleged sightings of the two of them like the the one that this lady at a hotel like down near El Paso it's presumed that you know he was going to Mexico to flee right right uh she said that she she was shown a photograph of Jean and she said that that was the same person that checked in with Davy Ogle. Oh, really? Yeah, but neither of them had signed in under their real name. It of wasn't. Not. It was. Yeah, I mean, which you Why probably would you? wouldn't, anyways. But it's it's kind of shady, as it, yeah. If that was like a kind of a real ID on the pair of them, there was other sightings in Mexico and maybe a couple places in Arizona over the years, but nothing confirmed. Yeah, and probably no. all bullshit. 
because I just don't see that. No, I can't. I can't see it either. I mean, it's possible, I guess, but unlikely. Unlikely. Also, though, another weird but I feel like kind of distant mob connection. Her ex-husband, Dexter, had remarried a gal named Lynn. And they had only been married like maybe a month. But apparently Lynn had been married previously to a guy named Eli Lasky, who was also a close colleague of Mickey Cohen. Interesting. Yes. How weird is that? Yeah. So some think that the alleged sightings with Danny Ogle maybe connected all of it together. Or that separately, maybe Lynn had gone to her ex, but I don't know why her ex would really like help her out. Maybe yeah, Mickey I mean, Cohen was all like, you know, hey, we got to get rid of this guy. Because... It seems like there was some animosity to, between right. the two, you know? Mm-hmm. Probably so. With the whole custody battle. But and... then there's also the animosity between her current husband and Jean. Yeah. And then nothing probably, like, would piss some women off than, like, the baby's mama who, like, allegedly is an issue, but it's mostly, like, the guy's a fucking dick, but... Yeah, yeah, but still. But still, like, she's the mother of the kid, and wouldn't it be nice if she was just gone? Just out of the picture, and then... Yeah, mm-hmm. he won't be mad, and he won't hit me so much, or whatever, allegedly. Yeah, so... I don't know. I'm still not leaning towards it. Yeah. Not the mob end of it, at least. Probably not. So the next theory is kind of what is stated in the note. And I think sometimes that's why I think like the note was staged to make you think like this is what happened to her. Theory number three is that Jean died from a botched abortion. Which is plausible. The note certainly alludes to the idea that Jean was pregnant and seeking an abortion. Also, one of her friends is telling the police that she is dating somebody new and having like the time of her life. A couple of her close Female friends apparently had told police that she was three months pregnant and was seeking an abortion. Oh, really? Now, again, it's like, I don't know. Unnamed friends. How close are friends? This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and... In Hollywood? In Hollywood, yeah. I was just going to say, in fucking Hollywood, you know, everybody tries to insinuate themselves in your life. Like, oh, yeah, she was pregnant, too. Mm-hmm. There are so, so many, you know, yeah, just people and that just want, want the attention and want to, you know. Yeah, that seems like that's probably, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, who knows? So it's, it's not a hundred percent. I mean, her body has never been found. Right, so, right. And I am 100% feeling that she died that night. I don't think she ran away. No. Yeah, I, I would I would be surprised if she ran away. So my money is on dead. So the note, police looked for, you know, Dr. Scott and any doctor that had ever treated her, and they found no doctors. I'm going to guess that probably Dr. Scott was, like, not his real name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he's doing abortions, yeah. if this was an abortion, he's probably not going to use his real name. Or that's his first name. Either way, yeah, that that lead never really panned out. They did not find... Didn't find a Dr. Scott. They didn't, yeah. There was a Kirk. He claimed he didn't know her personally. Yep. They worked together, but he didn't really know her. And then there was no Dr. Scott to be found. This is my problem with this theory, is the note again. Yeah. Because you're doing a illegal abortion somewhere. And she comes there, and something goes wrong, and she's dead. And now not only have you done some, it's like a double whammy. Yeah. Not only have you 
performed an illegal abortion, but she also fucking died. Now you've killed somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you've killed two people in the eyes of the law. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. She's got all her possessions there and everything, though. It's like, why would you? Why would you put that purse out? Why would you stage the purse? Make it like it was like a robbery and stage it, and then with that fucking note in there. It's just ridiculous. Right, because, you know, if you are an abortion doctor and she actually did go to you, you know somebody told her about you. Yep. There is a trail somewhere. If, like, you're, like, a drug dealer and you give her some drugs and she fucking, like, dies at your place and you got to get, like, rid of her body, and but you see in her purse that there's a note saying, like, oh, hey, I'm going to, like, try heroin for the first time. Would you, like, leave that? Like stages go through the trouble to like stage be like, oh, man, her now purse and be... yeah, yeah. No. because because no, you, you just, know you... she came to you for drugs she got yeah you know, somebody knows something you know yes. you know somebody who knows her and because that's how these things were done yep and, and so detectives were probably like way more into detecting back then because they had to right so yeah it just seems like the note would just be like ridiculous to either leave behind if it, she genuinely wrote it or you wouldn't fake write a note that points you in the direction no of your you know current illegal occupation no you would just yeah not you do would, anything and let the body just right either throw the purse away whatever i mean wherever they put the body sure fucking worked yeah i mean nobody right? ever found that yeah but her purse was put in this very openly public space where somebody was definitely going to find it, you know, with the strap broken. So they wouldn't just pick, oh, my lost purse. It's like, ooh, maybe something happened. Exactly. Like, maybe they should look further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just wow. it's just a little too much. So that's why I don't think it was like an abortion. Right. Gone wrong. So then there's the note saying that she's she can't wait any longer and she's going to do this. Unless she was right. going to drop that off somewhere personally and she meant she was doing it like that night why wouldn't she have like sent it to this this that's, kirk person already kind of if she was still going, yeah yeah i mean if she was still gonna be doing it i don't know to like until it was too late for him to stop her or whatever mm, yeah i just it's just kind of odd but it is yeah I, and it just and it just doesn't make sense to yeah me. The, the, the purse is bullshit the yeah. note is bullshit I can see it happening, but then why Why would you plant the person that way that points directly at you? That's why I don't think it's either Kirk or, you know, this Dr. Scott, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened to her, but. And then she didn't, didn't run away with any mobsters or maybe got killed by mobsters at the behest of someone else. But, yeah. Whatever but, happened, it wasn't good. It was not good. And I've got one more. And I think it's probably the most likely, but I'm just saying that allegedly, supposedly. Right, you know. right. Dexter Brenner was looked at kind of right away. And remember, of course. Yes. And remember, she told her sister-in-law that she was meeting him first because she had to like talk to him about a late child support payment or collect on a late child support payment, something to that effect. Something. She had to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was being a dick because he was pissed, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really pissed, I'm sure. His alibi to the police is that he was home all night and his wife, you know, the one that was previously married to the colleague of the gangster Mickey Cohen. Yes. His wife, Lynn. Yes. Um, She is the one who backed up his alibi and said really? that he was home. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said that he hadn't heard from her for several weeks. I think he actually used the word like that was a lie when the police said that she had told her sister-in-law that. Like that's, the bitch was lying. Yeah. 
I haven't talked to her in weeks. Right. I was right. home all night. Isn't that right, Lynn? That's and I feel like right. he is the one with the most motive. Now, all right. Real quick, I am going to point out that one of the suspects for the Black Dahlia murder, Elizabeth Short's murder, they also kind of like him for her disappearance, but I don't think that the two are um, connected right. in my mind. Because like- Elizabeth Short, I mean, she was like put on display. And this had happened two years earlier. Elizabeth Short happened two years before Gene Spangler's disappearance. Yeah, so, so it, yeah. And I just, yeah, have a thing like that. I don't think you really move away from it and just, Jean Spangler was like never fucking found. Like whoever killed her didn't want her to be found. No. I think it's very different from the Elizabeth Short case where it was just like, look at what I've done. It's a pretty different MO. Besides the fact that usually it's going to be somebody close to you. Yes. You, it's going to be somebody with a close Generally, it's someone, to. I mean, usually when someone, unless unless it's the case of a serial killer, mm-hmm. it's normally someone who's close to you. And if Gene Spangler and Elizabeth Short were part of a, a series, I, I don't feel like it would be the same series at all. Like No. Yeah. Maybe one was a serial killer and one was somebody close, but I think it's somebody close to her murdered her. Hit the body so it could never be... Never, ever be found. That's right. And it still hasn't to this day. That's madness. It is madness. Is now, the madness. thing with the the ex-husband, too, is he got custody of the daughter back. The, the daughter was five at the time, Christine. So he did eventually get custody back from her mother, tried to, like, fight it. And then she, she got rights she was granted visitation rights and then he wouldn't follow them. And when they, they actually issued a warrant for him for contempt on the, you know, for the the, agreement. Yeah. For the agreement for the whole plan and stuff. Once they issued the uh, warrant for contempt of the court order, he just left the state with her. Oh, right. Moved to Florida and the California courts never pursued it at all. He was just, just like okay well we live here now great and so like the the grandma never saw her again which i think is like really really sad sad. yeah gene's mother never saw her again wow loses her daughter and then can't see her granddaughter Mm -hmm. it's awful it is awful it's really awful i don't know and he could have had information on her he could have known maybe that she worked with kirk douglas at in this like most recent film yeah i mean how big was he at the time i wonder he was really big. Was that like his heyday? That was. Like... It was like totally his heyday, and Kirk Douglas is the father of Michael Douglas. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe people don't know, but yeah. People may not even know who Michael Douglas. Is. I know, he I know. He's an he's getting he's getting pretty old Hollywood oh, himself. No, he was an Ant Man. So yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I wonder if she even wrote that note. Yeah, it seems. I feel like um... maybe somebody else wrote that note. And you left the purse there, and so you kind of like take care, cover all your bases. Like maybe somebody just attacked her in the park. Oh, but look at this salacious note that indicates that you're going to go get an abortion. So maybe that's what happened to her. And yeah, just just another girl who dies in a botched abortion. I don't know. It just 
both both the purse and the note seem very manufactured to me and like super on the nose and this remains open today it's still an open case still open mm-hmm unsolved man yep that's the story of gene spangler although you know a lot of to- a lot of these things sometimes will get solved yeah but when they're this old it's you know it's you randomly impossible. find a bit of dna someplace and deathbed confessions although at this point i mean she was born in what 28 it was 23 people are still alive who are born in 1923 but not a whole lot hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Well, I will talk about the death of Natalie Wood. And what was what was the thing that we just found? Weren't they in the same movie together? Yeah, they were in a movie together. Hmm. Chicken every Sunday. Chicken every Sunday. Yeah. What a weird name for a movie. It was a weird name for a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's other weird movie names, but it's just kind of one that really sticks out as odd. Chicken Every Sunday. It was November 28th, 1981. Natalie Wood, two-time husband Robert Wagner, who was number two in Austin Powers, and he was also in uh, Wild Things as the father, right? It, yeah, it was. he was Tom Baxter. He was like... Not one of the, not Nev Campbell or Denise Richards. Daddy was the, like Matt Dillon had the the rich spoiled girlfriend oh, at the time, yeah. and yeah, it yeah, was yeah. yeah, it was her dad, and he was like this big time lawyer, and so he was like there for all the the you know he really went after him and yeah totally was there in the, like the the whole court case against him and yeah but that's who he was tom baxter okay great uh, and then she was also there with co-star in the movie she was filming brainstorm christopher walken mm-hmm. everyone knows who christopher totally. walken is oh my gosh and then the only other person on the boat was the captain dennis davern earlier in the evening the group had been swilling champagne during dinner at a nearby doug's harbor reef restaurant on santa catalina island california they had taken the dinghy valiant ashore and returned to the yacht splendor on it as well so to get back and forth from the boat they had taken this dinghy which was like a little boat yeah it's a a little like a wooden boat Mm -hmm. and it just you know it's it's easy to get you know to and fro and it can go on to into uh more shallow water and all of that yeah because you don't want to get your big expensive boat you don't want to fuck up your yacht yeah Yeah. or you know hung up on rocks or you know a hole punched in it those are just all those are all things you don't want to deal with a problem with your fucking yacht. No, you know, no, you don't want to take it to the the yacht repair shop. Mm-hmm. That's a pain in the like ass. yacht repairs are just like the actual worst. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The last time that Wagner claims that he saw his wife was at eleven o five p.m. that night, and when he went to bed, she was not there. So they were still married, but they were married for the second time. They got married, got divorced, and got married again? That's right. Okay. I don't fucking get it when people do that. I don't either. It's like, like you got and married, she married someone you in between, got the, 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 divorced, between and then you got married. I guess that's just so when she people... she got married, 
but she was super young the first time she was like yeah. 19 when she got married and they were married for just a couple of years and then they got divorced and then she married someone else and had a kid and then they got divorced and then she married him again and had another child with him and then and then died yeah the okay so let's get to the so they're married again and, and that night according to wagner he and wood had gotten into an argument and that's that was the last he saw of her her body was recovered that morning at 8 a.m., about a mile away from the yacht with an inflatable dinghy nearby. So, like, she had maybe gone out on the dinghy? Well, I guess I, I think how this was... might be a different dinghy because this is mm. an inflatable dinghy, and I'm not sure if Valiant was inflatable or not. Valiant was the name of the dinghy? Yes. That seems like a very strange name for a, an inflatable dinghy. You think the name is strange for the dinghy, or do you think it's just strange to name an inflatable dinghy? Both. What would you prefer to call it if not Valiant? Susan. That's fair. I'm glad that you had that <laughs> right off the top of your head. At any rate, I'm unsure as to which dinghy. I'm not sure if that really matters, if it's a, the same dinghy or a different dinghy And anyway. Just where would you get a different dinghy? Did they just, oh, you the know? Another part of the boat. I'm sure there's mm. more than, than one it's like a backup dinghy, maybe. Yeah, or, or like a lifeboat of sorts. The autopsy report shows that she had bruising on her body and arms, and her left cheek had an abrasion on it. She was wearing a flannel nightgown, blue socks, and a red down jacket. That's totally what I wear when I just go out hopping into dinghies oh, in the 100%, night. Oh, 100%. 100%. Wood had a blood alcohol content of 0.14%. The group was said to have been partying for a couple days at that point that she drowned. So is that like almost two times the legal limit? Uh, I think at that, well, the legal limit of being 0.08 to mm -hmm. drive was something that was fairly new. I think it used to be 0.1% and they lowered it to 0.08. So she's like... But she's one point... She's about half, like two, almost two times the legal limit to drive. You can right. be as drunk as you want, but she's just not allowed to drive. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. And she's like, not allowed like to, to, to maneuver a boat either. Right. Well, I'm just trying to get, put a little context into like how much alcohol was. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she was a, like, pretty yeah. drunk, but I mean, I don't know how much she drank regularly. Mm -hmm. So it's possible she wasn't blotto shit faced blackout drunk right even at 0.14 percent uh, she was also said to have traces of painkillers and motion sickness medication okay well see like so a, that you know will fuck you up at, so you don't even need as much alcohol exactly so yeah her death was ruled an accidental drowning and hypothermia by la county coroner thomas noguchi this narrative goes that she was kind of wasted she and her husband were arguing and then pissed off. She hopped in a dinghy and took off. Natalie then got off the dinghy on land and then when she attempted to reboard it, slipped and drowned. Or that she had drunkenly slipped off the boat. Wood's own attorney at the time stated that any talk about her death being anything but an accident was foolish. That's just foolishness. Another version of events is that Wood went to bed at 1045 and Wagner stayed up to chat with Walken for a bit. Why not? It's Christopher Walken. I'm sure he's a talker. Probably. When he went to join Wood in the cabin, she was not there. So he went to look for her, alerting the other two on the boat that she was missing. This is when they find that Valiant is missing. This was the point that they called for help. Hmm. They're like, where's Valiant? <laughs> right off the bat, her sister, Lana, calls bullshit on the story. 
Natalie could not swim and was terrified of the water. Oh, well. And there's you know. no way she would have gotten on a dinghy by herself. Especially if it's like, okay, you're going to, you're pissed. You had this argument. I'm going to like get in full clothes if I'm going to like abandon ship. Yeah. Not like, gonna I'm just not just going to be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to throw a coat on over my nightgown. Exactly. Like, that is not how I would be dressing for that at all. Not even I would be like putting on regular clothes and I would be like packing a backpack or something because yeah. I'd be like, yeah, Fuck this. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, I'm fucking out of here. And yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, I wouldn't just, just need be like, air, oh, I'm, I'm just going putting... to the other side of the boat. Or if I just need to get away, I'm going to the other side of the boat. You know, you've been married to this person. You divorce this person. You've been married again. You probably have, even if you hate them and are super pissed at them, you've developed a tolerance at that point to at least like pack before you go. And you're wasted too. Mm-hmm. So. So I just don't know. As a child, her mother, named Maria, instilled a fear of dark water in her daughter. Maria herself had been told by a fortune teller that she would drown, and apparently felt the need to scare the shit out of her daughter to the point of being phobic. Jesus fucking Christ, that is, like, horrible. Yeah, that's not great. That, no, that is just so upsetting to me. That's there, really upsetting to me that, like... Oh. There's a scene in The Green Promise a movie filmed when Natalie was 10, mm -hmm. where her character, Susan Matthews, is to run across a bridge over a river. This is supposed to play out in a way that the bridge collapses as soon as the girl gets to the other side. She did not want to do this. She is terrified of water, and she's just, she's like, this fucking bridge is going to collapse. I do not want mm. to do this. I do not want to do this. Her mother calms her down, says everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work. Just calm down. Just do the scene. Her mother really wanted her to be an actress. Oh, wow. As she gets to the middle of the bridge, it just collapses and dumps her into the water. Holy shit. It really did. Oh, she, my God. She couldn't swim. And she broke her wrist in the fall. Ow. Director William H. Russell yells at the cameras to keep rolling as the 10-year-old child, terrified and <gasps> in pain... She was only 10? ...thrashes about in the water. Jesus fucking Christ. Four years later, when filming The Star with Betty Davis, she was given a choice to jump off a boat into the water or be recast. Originally, this particular scene was not in the movie, but it was just a last-minute rewrite. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Like, oh, hey, we got this last minute rewrite and you read it and it's like, oh, yeah, I have to fucking like jump in water. And yep. Yeah. Yep. Like this did not. I wasn't even supposed to go in the water in yeah, the last film and it yeah, didn't exactly. go fucking well. She jumped, but reportedly was completely hysterical afterwards. Her phobia of water was so severe that she suffered reoccurring nightmares of drowning and was afraid to have her hair washed. Oh. You know, just, it's so upsetting that she ended up being drowned. Yes. Additionally, which this information didn't come out till decades later, two women claimed to have heard a woman screaming that night. <gasps> but this didn't come out, this, this didn't come out until the 2000s. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about Maria. She was quite the stage mom. All her focus was on making Natalie a star. I have a question. Was Maria told that Maria would drown yes. by the fortune teller? So the fortune yes. teller didn't tell her her daughter was going to drown. No. It said that she was going to drown. Yes. But she was so afraid of the water because of that. That she scared the shit out of her daughter as well. That she scared the shit out of yes. Natalie and she was also yes. terrified of the water. That just, that just, that weirds me out. Yes. That actually weirds me out a it's lot. It's stupid. 
it's kind of stupid, but it's 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 kind of coincidental in this creepy way. It is like weird, maybe the yeah. fortune teller just kind of had it wrong, or, and... or maybe it's just like not a physical death, but all your hopes will die. Maria, all she wanted was Natalie to become a star. Natalie had sisters. Her mother didn't give a shit about her sisters because they were Natalie was going to be the star. Oh, it was Natalie. Natalie was the big star of the film. Oh my god, I already like hate the way that there was she this was movie raised. being filmed in Santa Monica in 1943. Maria took Natalie to the filming location, and she, she she saw the director there. So she had Natalie run over and hop on the director's lap. This landed her a very small, uncredited role in the movie Happy Land. In addition to this role, Maria and Natalie also received a warning from director Irving Pitchell. He said that the film industry was not one for sweet little girls. This warning was obviously not heeded. Maria would reportedly punish her daughter if she forgot lines and basically pimped her out to people in the industry. There's a story that during the filming of 1946's Tomorrow is Forever... Natalie was unable to make herself cry. To get her to cry, her mother caught a butterfly, tore it up in front of her, (gasps) and then shoved her crying child back onto set. What the fuck? Allegedly, Maria set up a meeting between 15-year-old Natalie and 38-year-old Frank Sinatra with the intention of him seducing her. What? Wait, how old is you? 13? 15. 15. Okay, well, but still, that's fucking horrible. Like, yes. what the fuck? Two years later, there was an alleged affair between a now 17-year-old Natalie and 43-year-old director, Nicholas Ray. He was the guy who directed Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. Maria knew about all of this, but sort of just didn't really know, quote-unquote. Well, I think... Well, didn't she encourage stuff like that, though? Oh, I mean, she, she wanted her daughter to be an actress, so what better way to get her foot in the industry is, like, for her to, like, have a couple of affairs with, you know, and old guess, guys that are, like, actors and directors. And guess what movie mm-hmm. Natalie Wood was in that launched her adult film career? Not, like, porn, but her film career being you know, now as, an like, adult. a grown-up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be... Rebel Without a Cause with, of course, James Dean. The guy. James, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy cursed Little car. Bastard. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little bastard. Live fast, die young. That's totally what he did. Indeed. Maria micromanaged nearly all aspects of Natalie's career and pushed her so hard to do as she was told and coached her so incessantly that she was actually known as one of the most cooperative and professional actresses around. They called her One Take Natalie. Well, yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I would be, like, on my game, too, if mom Mm -hmm. was always up my asshole. Oh, my God. Even after she had a team of agents working for her, her mother still basically did everything. Dude, I mean, I get the kid thing, but as an adult, like, you can't find a way to just break free of that shit? Not when your mom's been controlling your life the whole time, I guess. Oh, my God. That would, I could not even with that. Mm -mm. As mentioned earlier, Ms. Wood was married to Robert Wagner twice. With one marriage between the two. The first marriage lasted from December 28, 1957 to April 1962, uh, though they had separated in June of 61. Mm-hmm. They got remarried July 16, 1972 and remained so until her death. Wagner, who is now 88, is considered a person of interest in this case. 
it should be noted that he was visibly devastated at her funeral. Hmm. Well, that could be either He's way. also an actor. Mm-hmm. There is that. He could be truly devastated because he loved her, or he could be truly devastated because he did something fucked up to her that he didn't really mean to do, but yeah, he feels a lot of guilt about it, but he's never going to admit to it. So, yeah. Who knows? There's acting, there's genuine, there's genuine for different reasons. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Christopher Walken was on the boat that evening though he didn't have anything to say about it until a 1997 Playboy interview. Really? Like yes. it took till that's like 16 years later. Yes. The story he tells is that Natalie went to bed before anyone else. Her room was at the back of the boat. Near her room was a dinghy hanging and banging against the side of the boat. There was a ski ramp that was in the water a bit that Walken himself had walked on and stated was quite slippery. So the way it works, I'm thinking so, is that yeah, the dinghy like is a, hanging mm -hmm. and then it's got like below the dinghy kind of in that area is a ramp so it's able to once you lower the dinghy you just slide it off mm -hmm. and so you're going to have some water that's coming up onto this to keep it slippery yeah um, possibly also so you can take a skis off there or whatever whatever mm -hmm. else walken believes that she probably had awakened and went out to secure the dinghy and half asleep slipped into the water down the ski ramp hit her head and drowned Walken says, quote, anybody there see the logistics of the boat, the night, where we were, that it was raining, and would know exactly what happened, end quote. And he's saying it in his, like, super intense Christopher Walken voice with his, like, crazy dead yeah, eyes. Anybody there can see <laughs> the logistics of the boat. Nah, I can't do it. Yeah. He's a tough one. you got to be in just the right. Yeah, I can't do it. Just the right groove to get a good Christopher, good Christopher Walken accent. He says nothing about an argument or any drinking. With the reopening of the case, Walken has hired a lawyer, but is not considered a suspect and is fully cooperating with investigators. He's not considered a suspect. Mm -hmm. He just has a lawyer because you have a lawyer when you are going you through legal stuff. You just always like have it's a just, lawyer when you're It doesn't you're mean guilt. It just like means that. you need someone when to help you through the law. You're famous or you're rich. Yep. Yeah. you got to have your own lawyer. Yep. Dennis Davern, the captain, originally told investigators that he believed that the death was an accident. Recently, he has told a different story. Mm. On the night of her death, Natalie and her husband got into a terrible argument. At one point, Wagner smashes a wine bottle on a table, sending shrapnel everywhere. The others quickly move to avoid the glass and walk in and goes to his room, undoubtedly done with that evening's drama. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yep, just like, all right, I'm out. According to this narrative, Natalie is super embarrassed by all this, and she goes to her room, and Wagner follows her. Once they, once they, reach, they both reach the room, the argument fires back up. So Davern goes in to intervene, but is sent away. Minutes later, Natalie is gone. Davern wants to call the police, you know, turn on a searchlight, do anything, but allegedly Wagner stops him. Davern claims that after Natalie's death, Wagner kind of held him hostage. What? Wagner was doing a TV show and got Davern a job at the studio it was being filmed at. Uh, he'd have a driver pick Davern up and drop him off when he'd go to... Uh, when he'd go to, like, he lived in the same house as Wagner. Oh. But when he'd go to bed for the night, a magnetic lock would close so the door couldn't be opened. What the fuck? Uh, Davern and a guy named Ruli wrote a book, and uh, they also have a podcast 
called Fatal Voyage, The Mysterious Death of Natalie Wood. The investigation was officially reopened November 18th, 2018 by the LAPD. Holy shit, that recent? Yep. I had no idea. They do see Wagner as a person of interest, but they can't force him to talk because they don't have any proof that he Mm -hmm. did anything. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. I didn't know it had been reopened because I just thought, yeah, it was like a long time ago and they never found out what happened. Yeah, very recent. Yeah. Very recent. Uh, the I believe I don't. That I didn't happened put it in like my... after we had it. I had it on my list. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, I don't remember. I didn't put it in my notes for some reason. But the captain originally started talking about it being different than he said originally. I believe mm-hmm. in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, right around there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it uh, it took some time, but yeah, he's got his podcast. I haven't heard it. That's weird. I mean, I, the guy's been in a lot of stuff, but I just don't. Wagner, do you think, yeah, I, do you think he was like that loaded and that powerful that he could literally hold a person hostage like that? Well, it was like, I don't think it was actually. It was basically. Well, I don't know a lot. I mean, he, he, he lives somewhere getting, and it's like, oh, your bedroom door shuts and you can't open oh, it again. Oh, just, just for your safety, you know. I mean, you never what know fuck? what's yeah, going I mean, on. That, and, and so he had a I would ju- very was, much feel like I was a hostage, too, if that actually happened. He's working at the same studio, so you can always kind of like, keep an what? eye on him. Yeah, he's like, he's like oh, you don't mm-hmm. worry about driving. I'll have my driver pick you up and take you. Oh, no, right. he'll bring you home, too. And, don't worry I mean, because wasn't oh, yeah, this, this guy was... We're out. We're buddies. This guy was the, po- the, the post. This guy was the boat captain, right? Yeah, this is the boat captain. And suddenly he's working at the studio? Yeah. Like, he's not... Being captain I'm not of a sure boat exactly anymore. what he was doing. I mean, it's possible that he was doing like like he just knew nautical how, duties. He there. just knew how know. to do it. I don't know. Maybe maybe he had him. I didn't see exactly what jobs he had him doing. So maybe he was doing things like hmm. uh, like consulting. Like, oh man, this is a show about like we need to get you on the love boat because the you know, love boat. Whatever, the love boat was probably know, totally going we need, on. We need a captain to the love boat. <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was the, the that's just, yeah, that I mean, that's it. really weird. I mean, that's, it's a crazy, crazy story. She had a, a really tragic life. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, God, she was a, a, a great actress and it's She's, just, yeah, it's too bad that she was taken from us. She hadn't, she didn't have much going on in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I think she was only in two or three things. Uh, because she was she was busy raising her kids. They were yeah. they were young, and she wanted to she to be there for them. Good for and her. And then she was you know she was going to come back. She was in a movie with Christopher Walken in nineteen eighty uh, one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, brain scan it was, and so they finished the movie. And uh, and then this shit happens. Yeah. Well, no, they 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 had to like fudge her scenes because they 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 weren't quite done with her. Oh, okay. So they I had, thought like, maybe they finished and like. You know, her and walking like went on the boat trip with her husband because you know, yeah, no, just it was wrapped just, and nope, done. nope. It was okay. just, it was just a thing. I mean, it was, it was probably they just did it like it was just a thing that they did while they were still filming. Yep, that... which also makes sense because they were working together. Yep, yep. Why don't you come out on the boat? Have a great time. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a hoot. Oh man, hoot. yeah, that's some pretty fucked up shit right there. On the morning of January 15th, 1947, a woman named Betty Bursinger was out doing some errands. She was walking with her three-year-old daughter. It was about 10 in the morning. This is now, I guess, the like uh, 
Crenshaw neighborhood of Los Angeles, but at the time it was not a lot out there. It was just like a vacant lot. Fairly close to a Hotel Cecil. Was it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it was on Norton. It's on Norton Avenue. The vacant lot on Norton Avenue. And she's walking down it when at first she sees what uh, she thinks to be a mannequin, like a store mannequin, because it was so white. Couldn't have been. No. <laughs> That's just... Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Instead... Instead, it was something... Um, just, I can't even imagine coming across this. No, not at all. <laughs> With your three-year-old, no less. Yes, you like just like hopefully you won't remember this, you poor, poor child. It was the body of Elizabeth Short, and the body had been cut in half at the waist, completely drained of blood, and she had this really like gruesome, like kind of like Joker face carved into her it, uh, so i think her the, cheeks were slit yeah her cheeks were slit. uh glasgow smile i've also heard that term okay yeah um you know the guy i think with the joker people pretty much get it yeah i mean the joker I mean, is what i think the of. joker yeah um ichi the killer yeah <laughs> i'm thinking about the guy from braveheart though the the scottish totally. actor yeah he actually had that done Oh, and he was he was in fucking Sons of Anarchy. Remember, Son of have you watched Sons of Anarchy? I haven't seen Sons of oh, Anarchy. Jesus fucking Christ! That's why Christ. I just didn't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I caught on to that. We already talked about me not knowing, me having not seen that one. Well, he plays a guy in Sons Chibs. That's his name in Sons of Anarchy. Lovely. So, but yeah, I mean, he has a very distinctive scar. Yeah, yeah. From having that thing done, done to him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah. hell of a scar. Mm-hmm. What it must have looked like on her, what it did look like on her. I've seen the photos. Yeah, that's... It's, it's just fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, basically just cut all the way through from the corners of her mouth up to her ears, basically. Just along the entire jaw. Mm, terrible. Terrible. So... And she was young, too. Yes, yes. She was very young. 22. Mm-hmm. So, Betty... Hall's asked the first house that she can find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to phone yeah. the police and and report what she had seen. So the police get there, and some of the initial findings were that Short had been dead about ten hours, which I'm assuming they could figure out with how much rigor mortis had set in on each half of the body. I guess. I mean, yeah. that's just cut Something in half. Else. That's yeah. That's cut in half and then face mutilated. Was there blood at the scene? No. She had actually been washed. She had been completely drained of blood, which is why she was so pale. But she'd also been, like, washed off, too. Somebody, like, cleaned up both halves of her. Wow. Yeah. She did have some other injuries, several cuts on her thighs and breasts and then chunks of flesh that had just been kind of like sliced out of her body in a couple places i mean it wasn't like all over but it was enough it was enough it was more than enough more than enough yes yes and her body had been posed with her arms like over her head elbows bent and then her other half was like they he left about almost like a foot in between 
the two halves to really kind of like show like like hey this is not connected yeah exactly right but to put them close enough together that this is one person Mm -hmm. but it's not how it's supposed to be yeah legs spread apart wow yeah just probably one of the more awful things i've like ever seen in my life yeah and imagine the poor woman yeah so there weren't a whole lot of clues found at the crime scene because technically it was a crime scene, but that's not where the crime against her really happened. Exactly. She was just dumped there. That's or, where... I wouldn't say dumped even. She was put on display there. That's where she there. was placed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There was a heel print along with some tire marks and then also a cement bag that had some like watery blood in it apparently. Hmm. Yeah. Which would make sense if they like kind of like washed her down and then put her two pieces in the cement bag to transport her. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as we spoke about in our Hotel Cecil episode, some attribute her to the hotel, but like they say that that was like the last place she stayed or whatever, but it that was not the case. She didn't no. have anything to do with the hotel. Right. It just happened to be in the same general vicinity. And I believe the last hotel the last place she was actually seen alive was the Biltmore Hotel. Right, right. Yeah, and that was six days prior to when she was found. That was January 9th, and she was found on the the morning of the 15th. So on the 16th, the day after she's found, the Los Angeles County Coroner, Dr. Frederick Newbar, he conducted the autopsy on her. And um, some of the things in his report uh, was stated that she was 5 feet 5 inches 1.65 meters tall. Wow. Yeah, look at me. Look at and you. And she weighed about 115 pounds or 52 kilograms. Yes. Did I get that right? You got it Holy right. Holy shit, look at me. She had blue eyes, black hair, and her lower teeth were pretty badly decayed. So aside from the obvious wounds that we just discussed... She also had some ligature marks on her ankles, her wrists, and neck. And so, what would those be? Ligature marks. That's yeah. where she was tied up. Okay. That's where it's marks from where she was bound, probably with rope or yeah, something that mm-hmm. yeah. As far as the bisection of her, um, the lower half of her body had been. She had been like you know cut in half, but it transected. Um, between the second and third lumbar vertebrae. So the vertebrae on your back, I mean, it. the killer got her like right in between. So it was like done he with... Was very precise. Okay, so was... Do you think that's something that just anyone could do? Like if I was to... If I wanted to cut you in half, do you think I could do it? Or do you think I would be... I would make a... a just, just tear your fucking back up? You know, I... I feel like to actually get it in the exact right spot, like where the cartilage is. Like, I mean, you could feel it out some probably, but yeah, probably be kind of, you know, you get sawing and you realize like, oh no, I didn't quite. So you think it'd the, be a fucking this, hack job? Is what yeah. You're you, you, you probably would have tried in a few different spots. Like you would be glad <laughs> that you were dead when I was trying to cut you in half, trying to get in between your vertebrae. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that. It's probably the case. And it didn't look like the, not only does it seem to be like the one cut, but it, from the crime scene photos, and there's nothing mentioned in the autopsy report about the skin being very, like, flayed up. Like, it was pretty 
precise cutting going on there to where you weren't like shredding a lot of skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it didn't look like it looked like someone did it on on like well. Yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. great. There wasn't a lot of bruising around where she was cut in half, though. I guess so. It was presumably done she was, she was dead. De- it was done after she was dead. Now, well, there's something there. The lacerations on her face, though, were a different story. She that she was alive for those. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I would not be very pleased about that. They also found like a couple of bruises on the back of her head and some bleeding like inside her skull cavity so she got knocked around before yeah it would be consistent with you know receiving blows to her head the official cause of death was basically blood loss hemorrhage yeah um because of the cuts and then shock from the blows to the head now i'd say shock from getting your fucking face cut in half too yeah um but yeah, she basically bled out. Shock and excessive bleeding is what killed her. They ID her through her fingerprints. Okay. And once they knew her identity, knew that she was like 22 years old and her hometown was Medford, Massachusetts, and she had left and gone to Hollywood hoping to become a star. Which she got busted for something and they just had her fingerprints on file for some reason then? She was busted. She was busted for like underage drinking. Oh, huh. It's like, I don't even know how old, I mean, obviously that was from a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was 22. I don't even know what the drinking age was in like the 40s. I I well, feel like it was not 21. It was probably 21. Well, anyways, she was 22 when she died, so clearly the underage drinking had been a bit ago. And I think you don't get really busted if you're like 20 and underage drinking. It depends. It'd probably been from it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got busted. Uh, I was caught. I drank half a beer, and it was four days before I turned twenty-one. What? Yep. That is some bullshit. What dick cop did that? A cop coming out to bust kids for drinking. Ah, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking nail you." You're four days before you turn twenty-one. Just to be a dick. Oh my gosh. That's just fucking frustrating. <laughs> I never. Knew I that. was not overly pleased. I guess <laughs> I. I would think not. It's like when you're so pissed you can't even like talk about it hardly. Eh, it cost me some money. Yeah, but I'm sure now it's like you know. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very pleased at the time, but yeah, at the time that just like oh, it was dumb. I just hate like when people just decide to be dicks like that. Like there's plenty of nice cops out there that would let you off the hook. Like, maybe if you're 17, it's like, nope, you're going to get in a little trouble over this. But fucking four days before your 21st birthday, seriously, that's just straight up being a dick. Yeah. There's no other reason to do that to somebody nope. than to just... Just to be a dick. Be a dick. Well, this is the last chance I have to give you a minor in consumption, so mm-hmm. here we go. Oh, my gosh. All right. Like many other young people hoping to catch a break, um, Elizabeth worked as a waitress on and off, and then... You know, in the in-between time she was pursuing movie roles and such. There's but she nothing... hadn't actually landed one yet. Yeah. There aren't any movies credited to her name. Now, yeah. I mean, I know Gene Spangler wasn't in, credited in a lot of the movies, but... Or, and no, she wasn't credited in any of the movies she was in. She was, But it does show up in IMDb mm-hmm. as uncredited. Um, Elizabeth Short 
for her, it only shows her in archive footage. So it's not stuff that made it into movies, I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. And they're all just pretty much shows about the Black Dahlia or, or you know, compilations about several crimes in, mm-hmm. in L.A., but, you know, that sort of thing. Unfortunately, all her fame stemmed from her awful death, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, who knows? Maybe she would have done something with her like as maybe so as an actress and, but and maybe un- not but unfortunately her opportunity for that was uh taken from her in yes, a it was. pretty fucking it hideous was. way uh, yes yes and like i had said earlier when i was talking about gene spangler um black dahlia was like the newspaper liked to like name give people like a name at the time you know yeah like everyone had like a catchy name totally and all the and all the papers and apparently some some people some sources say that some of her friends already called her the Black Dahlia. That was already the nickname for her because uh. she wore black, she had black hair, she often wore a flower in her hair. Other sources are just basically saying that maybe she dressed like that and then it was a, a nod to that movie I mentioned, the the blue dahlia. Yeah, yeah. With Veronica Lake. Well, I can see why people would think that they were connected um why why elizabeth short and uh gene spangler gene spangler would be connected is because they both have a similar appearance mm-hmm. oh yeah they'd look a lot alike dark hair light mm-hmm. i mean they're black and white photos but it's you know dark hair and pale skin so just you yeah know. no they they do look um very similar to yeah. each other yeah both in their 20s although like i said i mean just just the the way that the way that I mean Elizabeth it, one, was displayed, one to disappear and one to be put it, out there for all there, to see no, in in a humiliating just, and yeah, just because yeah. the two victims look similar does not mean that they're connected at all. Yeah, and that they're yeah. both you know trying to be actresses and there's the the thing about mm. Hollywood is is filled with women trying to be actresses, right? And then there there are some like Jean who had actually legitimately legitimately made some progress towards that and yes. then uh elizabeth who was just just starting out just kind of starting pos- out yeah I mean, yeah hadn't hadn't gotten that small role just yet but who knows yet. who not knows yet. what might have happened so on january 24th um a letter uh comes to the lapd it had been addressed to the los angeles examiner a newspaper huh yeah and it was in that, like, they cut out words from, like, the headlines and from, like, newspaper headlines and the magazine. So it was, like, one of those ones where all the words are a different, like, cut-out word, cut-and-paste word. Oh, good. So, like, your classic, uh, mm-hmm. like, no funny business. Yeah, except, like, I mean... you bring the, the bag mm-hmm. to the corner of 24th and Stewart. <laughs> or whatever. So... The right, it was addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner, and then on the envelope itself, there wasn't like an actual letter in it, but in that same cut and paste writing, it said, Here is Dahlia's belongings, letter to follow. And inside the envelope uh, were Short's personal items, Elizabeth Short's personal items that she probably would have had on her when she was murdered. Oh, great. Yeah, this would be like her birth certificate. She There are some photographs and 
an address book which had had several pages torn out of it. Hmm. But I'm sure they don't know if she did it or if he if the murderer did it. Yeah, either she tore it out or someone did. Yeah, or the murderer did because maybe it had information that could. You know, maybe he was looking lead for back more to victims. Him. <laughs> Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you're a sick freak. <laughs> <laughs> the letter had been wiped down, like, and all of her stuff had been uh, wiped down with gasoline to remove the fingerprints. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. Yeah, caustic. Yeah, man. If you get this thing, it just like reeks of gas. It's like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Is this someone's poor attempt at a letter bomb? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty Molotov cocktail. <laughs> About a dozen more letters would arrive to the LAPD. Um, some of them even hand- were handwritten, too, but they all were uh, signed like Black Dahlia Avenger or something. And it was right. all basically like taunting the police department for not being able to so solve it. So he's getting super ballsy. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it must be coming from the the perpetrator yeah i mean definitely the first one was that's for sure yeah whether some maybe you know were copycat like somebody got wind of this guy sending the letters so maybe they thought they'd send some letters to the police too like yeah fuck you guys yeah yeah (laughs) i mean this is like 1946 so i know it's not like it's super easy they can't just figure that shit out with like oh man oh, well, I know. you know it must have come from this mailbox and so now we've got like footage from yeah, the ATM across uh-huh. the way and, and the can... the traffic light and the traffic cameras and exactly oh uh, yeah you can't get away with shit anymore no not like it's not like it was i mean it's like a good thing with some things like the murder part like right. definitely but you can't just like kind of like fuck with the cops when somebody else is fucking with the cops right and just kind of like hide under their cover and no. And just decide that, you know, you're going to have a little fun, too. It's like, yeah, you guys fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. Nope. So let's get into the suspects. I'm... How could they have suspects? They had suspects. It's crazy. And, yeah. The initial one, one of the most obvious ones, was the guy that she was sort of dating who was sort of married who was sort of like the last person to see her alive oh. <clears throat> so that was robert uh red air quotes here manly and robert manly robert manly and they called him red yep red manly <laughs> all right man i'd probably fuck a guy with that name to be fair, Joanna, does the name really matter to you? Well, I mean, he's got to be, like, hot. If he's too, hot, he, but... he could be called, like, floopy knee butt, and you would still be fine. I don't know. I... that You'd have to be really, really hot to, like, get past a really stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, like, Jason Momoa's floopy knee butt. I think Jason Momoa's really hot. So, yeah, if his name was... Floopy knee butt, then you'd still do them. Hmm. You know, I'm just that's it's gonna take too long for me to ponder that. Okay. All right. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Fair. I'd be like, do you have a nick? Do you go by something else? Can I give you, you can, another name? Can I assign you a name now? I mean, maybe, maybe then. He's really proud of his family name. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's very traditional too. So very, he's, he's going to want to marry me, and I'm going to have to like take you're the last be, name. Uh, yeah, knee butt. Uh, a knee butt. No, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Anyways, Red Manly. He was a salesman. He was married. He just says that he took Elizabeth out on dates sometimes, you know, took her out to dinner. Oh, yeah. And I guess maybe she kind of, like, dated a lot, allegedly. Like, I don't want to get into any kind of... Uh, well, you know, she's trying to be an actress. Girls gotta eat. Yeah. And but this I don't... is the 1950s, 1940s, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's just a whole lot of going out, getting some food, and not having to put out. I guess that... Or that's... not feeling and... the need to put out, or right. whatever. Like, I guess that was just not so much of an expected thing. No. So, he says it was, like, that's just what he did. He just took her out to dinner, and apparently she did this with some other guys, but I think that that was the extent of it, was, you know, like, I'm hungry, take me out. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she was just friends with him. That's possible, Maybe. Too. Just trying to connect with people. Yeah. A little net- you got to do, like, a lot of networking. A lot of networking. I mean, that's, maybe it had nothing to do with just, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's just... And and then just the time they were like the men were just picking up the bill, mm-hmm. and so I mean, could be. Maybe and hey, who's gonna turn down a free meal when you are an uh, a waitress that's only employed like half the time? Yeah, fuck. Who's just, I wouldn't. I'd no. be like, hell yeah, you can buy me dinner. Yeah, you're goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm a lot more financially secure than she was at the time, and I still wouldn't turn down a free dinner. Oh yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it was some guy who thought it was a date. That seems a little tedious. Be like, can you just order it on your Amazon and have it delivered to my house? (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you nudes. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't send nudes for food. Neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. I can buy my own food. I just, I, 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 food is expensive. I wouldn't mind somebody like paying for a meal every now and then. Yeah. Especially if like ordered extras for me to take home. There you go. Yeah. That's money right there. Just like, you know, you get you get the meal that you're eating and then like an extra course for later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something for like the next day. Throw it in the fridge for the next day. It's like lunch yeah. the next day at work. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Manly would take her out from time to time. She was staying at a place in San Diego, according to him, and it kind of fell through. So she called him up and he drove her back to Los Angeles and dropped her off January 9th at the Biltmore Hotel. Mm. And that is the last he ever saw of her. And he was cleared as a suspect because he volunteered and passed two different polygraph tests. Yeah. So he was pretty, pretty adamant, like, nope, I didn't do it. And will you take a polygraph? Yes. Pass. You know, probably shit's not working out so well in the case. It's like, oh, let's try him one more time. Bring him back in. Bring him back in. Fucking do it again. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, I mean, they are inadmissible, but still, like, I think. Yeah, but I think it's harder to than one would think. You'd have to. Yeah. They'd either have to fuck up or. Well, as long you'd as you'd have to be a really good liar. Yeah, and I mean, as long as your heart rate didn't—if you—if you're a calm line, mm-hmm. then you're good. Yeah. 
I guess. Yeah. I've never had one done. I've Neither never. Tr- have I. I've never tried to fool a lie detector test. So. Neither have I. <laughs> I just know. I believe I know how they work and. Yeah. The yeah. Theory no. behind how to not. I mean, doing it myself. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. It might be easier to go the other way. Especially if you're trying. Make my baseline all fucking crazy, and so that way when I'm fucking super tense about stuff, they're like, oh, that's the baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing out of place here. Cool as a cucumber. So the other suspect, I mean, there was actually a lot of suspects. There's been a lot of people thought of over the years, and um, there's been several books written theorizing different people. I really didn't get into that. I got into like the one that's like the current favorite now, I guess okay. you could say. And that would be Dr. George Hodel. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the person who investigated him and is basically convinced that he was the killer of the Black Dahlia and possibly others is his son, Steve Hodel. Interesting. And Steve was an LAPD detective. But wow. it wasn't until after he was retired and his father had passed away. Like, he, he really hated his dad for reasons that I will go over here shortly and you will understand. But it wasn't until he was retired and his father had passed away that he started looking through some of his dad's belongings that he really started... Figured out, like, it was Thinking just... that this, is, this was a likely thing that happened. It's not your uh, standard issue, daddy issues. Uh, no, no. But this guy really was fucking awful, let me tell you. George was a wealthy, well-connected, just total prick. He was a doctor, and he ran a venereal disease clinic That in must LA. have been lovely. Oh, yeah. I bet. Some 1940s syphilis. Mm-hmm. When it was still called venereal disease. That's yeah. like STDs for you younger folk out there. They didn't even use venereal disease, that term, when I was young. The only reason I know about, like, VDs and stuff is Mm -hmm. from just older movies. Yep. Because for us, it was, like, STDs. I don't know what they're called now. I I feel like they're STIs now. Sexually transmitted infections. I think so, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, basically, he took care of uh, all kinds of stuff and was probably privy to all kinds of people's private information. Oh, yeah. If he's a doctor, certainly. Mm-hmm. At a venereal disease clinic. Oh, yeah. There's some private information there. Mm-hmm. Maybe so private he had people that were, like, in government or the LAPD. I could say LAPD. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a lot of government in L.A. I mean, there's, like, L.A. government and stuff. But I don't know well, about yeah, I mean, government. I mean, it still has, like, a mayor and council people. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could see that. Probably not federal level, every, but definitely every, state level. I mean... City level. Yeah, city level and state. I mean, every state has, like... Or every city has, like, a city council, at the very least. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with LA, city council is more powerful than, you know... And then some. there's, like, the county... And then there's, like, the whole state. There's many, many levels of government. It might not be big-time government, but, like, people that are important in your city. Right. In your neighborhood. People that know other people that are important. I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty good position to be in, to know. And, And back then, probably, there's not a whole lot you can do if maybe he, like, subtly blackmails you. Yeah, I mean... For some favors, like, you gotta come in because your fucking cock's about to fall off. And... Yeah, you've got, you've got your... <laughs> gotta get your dick sore cream and... Mm-hmm. 
the doc yep. is like, well, you know. I might be needing a favor from you. It would be a shame if I were to run out of this dick sore cream. <laughs> or if maybe your wife was to find out. Like, maybe I'll mail the prescription to your home address with very thorough instructions as to what it's for. Hmm. Maybe I'll tell your wife where you're not sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't want to give her the dick sores. <laughs> so, yeah. Very wealthy. Very well connected. I would say some of his outside interests, interests outside of his venereal disease clinic... Yeah, you would probably give credence to him being the killer, or at least, at the very least, this guy was like a total fucking scumbag, not just right. a regular scumbag, like a ridiculously awful scumbag. So he, regardless of whether or not he killed this woman, he wasn't a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you aware of that new Chris Pine show that just premiered? What is it called? Um, I Am the Night. Is that what it's called? No. Well, it's, it's kind of tied to the Black Dahlia, and how it's tied to the Black Dahlia is basically there's this girl who finds out that she's the granddaughter of George Hodel, because in addition to like his son Steve, he also had a daughter. Okay. And allegedly, he like raped her when she was 14, and she had this baby girl when she was 15. It was given up for adoption. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the show, the gal is just finding out like who she really is. That's great. And that her grandfather might have been the Black Dahlia killer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, other family members had denied the abuse, but he was like, George was like the breadwinner of the family. He's like the rich doctor who's supporting everyone. So. Right. So, biting the hands of Fiji and all. Mm-hmm. But uh, according to his daughter, he used to throw all sorts of like big fancy parties and would kind of like pimp her out a little bit or try oh. to pimp her out to some of his friends. And then be like, hey, isn't my allegedly? Cute? Yeah. And then allegedly had sex with her himself and might have been the father of her baby. Wow. And that was all. I mean. That for sure happened. That's yeah. on paper that she had the baby at 15 and it was given up for adoption. Um, that part is 100% true. So, yeah. Real piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say so. His daughter was named Tamar Hodel, by the way. Tamar Hodel. After George dies, as I said, his son Steve starts packing up things, looking through things, and what kind of sets this thing rolling. I mean, obviously, he knew the whole thing that happened with Tamar. Right. He found some photographs that he thought looked just like Elizabeth Short. Now, there's never been any actual confirmation, yes or no. Because there's photographs, and they're old photographs. They're old photographs yeah. at at that. Mm-hmm. But he swears that he thinks that they're a couple of photographs of Elizabeth, of Elizabeth Short, and they're not like nudies or anything like that. It's just like regular pictures of her. Right, but still, but still like weird to have pictures mm-hmm. of some random girl that yeah. you people. I mean, like actual pictures. Yeah. So, which is back in the day. So, yeah, she would have had to like, he would have had to have taken it, or she would have had to have given it to him personally. It was yeah, significantly harder to surreptitiously get a picture from someone back in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, he found, I don't know, it said evidence, but I don't know, probably in the form of receipts, records of the house, something like that, 
Apparently, George had had 50-pound sacks of concrete delivered to his house on January 9th, 1947, which happened to be the same day that Elizabeth Short went missing, or was last seen alive. Right, right. They had also found those, um, you know, the, the concrete bags. Yes. Near the crime scene and posited that she was transported from the scene of the crime to where she was left in one of those. Or would you need to? I suppose it just depends on the capacity. But they never they never made him for it, apparently. Not enough. Now, yeah. the thing is, though, is that in addition to Elizabeth, his son thinks that he might have been involved with several other killings of women. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. One was prior to Elizabeth, his secretary. Her name was Ruth Spaulding. And rumored to be maybe his lover, too. Okay, yeah. Officially, her death was listed as a suicide, but many speculated that it might actually be like a forced overdose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she overdosed. Imagine that. Yeah. The secretary slash lover of a doctor overdoses, overdoses. on drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Seemingly. That's weird. Yeah, and I guess there was just enough weird things about it that officially it was suicide, but basically only because they couldn't prove that it wasn't, I yeah. guess. Yeah. They didn't really have any evidence to say otherwise. Exactly. So it was because of this and the disappearances of some other women around the same time. There was a gal. Her name was Jean French, and she was just like a couple months after Elizabeth Short. She died from blows to her head, and I think she was posed, and possibly even the words um, BDA written on her body, like, Black Dahlia Avenger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't... She hadn't been mutilated. It, it was just completely different. It wasn't quite the whole... It wasn't quite the whole the deal. The whole thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody put that on there to throw the cops off or for some other reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, these letters to the police taunting them, those were making the news. You know it. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least a few of them probably. August of that same year, uh, a Mrs. Minnie Boomhauer, she was an heiress, I guess, and she was supposed to be showing her house to someone and just disappeared from her, her house that was in Bel Air and was just never seen again. What is her name again? Mimi Boomhauer. Boomhauer? She was, she was a, what did you say she was? She was an heiress. She was, she was a dangle heiress? Yeah. So she was like Paris Hilton. <laughs> Boomhauer? Mm-hmm. Boomhauer. I don't know why you're <laughs> <laughs> loving you, that so much. <laughs> have you seen King of the Hill? I have. I just Boomhauer didn't. Boomhauer is, yeah, Boom is the name of the guy who mumbles a lot. Mm-hmm. He's hot, though, even if there he has a little go. bit of a there speech impediment. Yep. I wouldn't mind a guy who mumbles. I mean, you know, at least he's quiet. There's a whole bunch of mumble rappers out there. <laughs> they got lots of money and coding. They ended up finding her purse. It was in a telephone booth in Beverly Hills. Hmm. So, again, with the purse. Yeah. All planted. And apparently there was also a message um, written in those same, like, cut and, cut and paste yeah, man, the, words. The classic, no mm-hmm. funny business, mm-hmm. ransom letters, cut out of magazines and yeah. newspapers and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. This was also another reason that they thought maybe Jean Spangler's disappearance two years later might have been connected. Right. Mm-hmm. 
especially when you were looking at the abortion angle because a guy who's a doctor for a venereal disease clinic probably knows how to do those. Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty pretty likely. And with Elizabeth Short, it's like, yeah, he probably had surgical skills. I mean, he's familiar with the equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I still feel like it was different. Yeah, but still, I mean, you, you know, can kind of see. I can see where, where people would think it was connected especially given also, what this guy has yeah w- given like of. different information it's really easy to make stuff fit when you right. want it to mm-hmm. i mean there's coincidences yeah all over the place here yeah. but does it fit doesn't it probably we'll never know anyways the police suspected him enough to the point where they actually had wiretaps in his house and they wiretapped him for like six weeks. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. And listened to like everything that he had to say. Wow, that must have been tedious as shit. Mm-hmm. You bet. But you want to know what's funny? They got nothing. No, the the recordings disappeared and oh. the reports were kind of just like tucked away for a really long time. This is None of this came to light until after um, George's son Oh, yeah, when he is digging the investi- all this, he's yeah. like, what the mm-hmm. hell? Yeah. So we're, like, under- uncovering this completely botched investigation. Off of the transcribed reports, he says some pretty crazy shit. Do you have some examples for us? I do have some examples for you. So this is um, one of the excerpts that's on the written transcription of the tape. They, which is meaning the LAPD, Thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Maybe I did kill my secretary. That would be Ruth Spaulding. And I think that's initially why they were recording him is because they always kind of liked him for that. Yeah, they were particular for that one. You know, alleged suicide, but probably murder. He goes on to say, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. Don't confess ever. Two and two is not four. This is the best payoff I've seen between law enforcement agencies. You don't have the right connections made. I'd like to get a connection made in the DA's office. Huh. Yeah. That's very interesting. It's so Hollywood, too. Yeah, it's it It's like, is. literally, like, here's the villain's script. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then there's another transcription of another tape. And this one kind of alludes to maybe they heard George Hodel, like, beating a woman in his basement huh. and possibly killing her. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to read you the, the transcription from, from that. It's pretty awesome. It's basically transcribed as a woman screamed, more beating, a woman screamed again. And prior to this happening, apparently George and some other guy had gone down into his basement. I guess that's what they picked up off the recordings. Right, right. That let him know that they were going to be going down there. Followed by, yeah, a woman screamed, more beating, a woman screamed again. And apparently the officers that were listening in on this stuff because I guess they were actively like listening to it while it was going on. Yeah, they, yeah. they weren't just like recording it and like, oh, hey, let's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They were probably like. Like live recording. And tra- transcribing all of this shit. As it, well, it was being taped too, but they just lost the tapes. Yeah. But I'm sure they were taking notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were just a couple miles away, but they didn't seem to do anything about it. Huh. Even though like there's screaming and beating going on maybe they wanted to try and get him for something more than like assault and battery and like attempted murder 
But why not? Like I don't know. Why just? That seems like <laughs> oh, we've got him on something pretty good right, right. now. Right? Why don't we go intervene at this point and see what yeah. we find here? Yeah. It's like were they just told like not to give up their cover no matter what? Maybe. It's hard to say. About a month after the recorded possible beating slash murder things are george is getting in some real hot water here like he knows he's probably about to be arrested probably some of his contacts maybe he finally made that contact in the da's office right and tipped him off but the guy flees the country and takes up residence in the philippines where he lives there for like the next like 40 years wow Mm-hmm. now you want to know what's interesting what's interesting there was a woman she's called the chop chop woman or chop chop lady Okay. Her name was Lucilla Lalu, and she went to work in Manila on May 28th, 1967, and never returned. And her body was found two days later, May 30th, 1967. The lower portion portion of her body was found near a river, and then her torso was found in a park. Oh, wow. Her head was never found, like ever. Wow, that's gruesome. And the police really botched the investigation. Like, she had a a husband she was separated from, I think a guy that was, like, her boyfriend, but then some other ex or something, something like that, somebody who had reason to want her dead or had threatened her in the past. The guy she was having an affair with ended up confessing, but then later recanted and said he had confessed under duress. Right, right. He, it had been forced, so he would get coerced. Yeah, he was, yeah. But, like, really badly coerced. Not the good kind of coercion. Mm-hmm. And apparently his room had never been checked as, like, part of, like, his confession. They didn't, like, go there and, like, verify things. It wasn't until <laughs> it wasn't until the guy changed his story and was like, actually, no, I didn't do it, that they went back and decided to see what the physical evidence said for itself. And the door to his apartment had been forced in and there was like some blood stains on the floor and a razor and a kitchen knife but i'm saying you can't cut off somebody's fucking head with a kitchen knife can you not easily and then cut them in half too not easily that would be like a lot of work it takes some time it would take some time and i feel like there would be like a lot more blood it, it just all kind of seemed like oh like let's like throw a kitchen knife in here and maybe a razor blade too yeah, that it, seems... it, it there was suspicion that the evidence there was planted. Yeah, that sounds after that sounds after pretty... he decided he didn't want to confess anymore. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, well, we better make it look like he's just bullshitting and he really did kill her. But that... they weren't convinced. That sounds. Yeah, <laughs> because like he was actually never charged. Right, right. With it. But the weird thing is, is that George Hodel lived Within like a mile of where this girl like, disappeared. <laughs> Crazy. And again, it's different, but it's it's close enough. Right. Man. Like she was cut in half and drained of her blood. That's pretty... Uh... Now, she wasn't separated and then kind of found together. I mean, it was kind of, you know, bottom half of one place. A ways away was the other, but never, not very far away, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I wonder if there's some... And then her head never found. Maybe he, maybe he did the thing to her, to her face, but he didn't want to. He knew if like that happened, like for sure. Maybe he even though we're in the Philippines, like that was going to get connected somehow. Somebody's going to find out something. Maybe he just 
regretted not keeping the head of the other person. Yeah, maybe he liked it so much and wished he could still have it. So yeah. he thought maybe he'd keep this one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That's a pretty weird coincidence. I that would is say. really weird. That's uh, that's really weird. Mm-hmm. So wrapping this up here, the current house, like, so the son wants the house, like, basically, he thinks people people are probably buried there. Some of the women whose bodies were never found, like Jean Spangler yeah. and that heiress, he thinks possibly they're buried at his father's house. <laughs> On, like, the property. Mm-hmm. They took samples of near the front and back of the house, like, I think maybe not quite on the property, but nearby it. And this guy, Arvid Voss, he... He testified in the Casey Anthony trial. Okay. And he was the one who kind of analyzed her trunk and could find that there was decomposition in the trunk, even though there was no body. It was like all from like air samples. So he's, the he's, he's, he knows he, about this kind of stuff. He knows about finding small amounts of what could be human decomposition. It would be minute amounts. Yeah. He estimated that in the soil samples, there was human decomp and a dog had alerted to those spots too like a trained cadaver dog. Uh-huh. And then this guy Voss tested the soil samples from where the dog had alerted and he thought that there was traces of human decomposition that was 40 or more years old. Wow. Yeah. Now, obviously these are such small amounts. I mean, it's nothing concrete. Yeah, they can't not enough to like get a warrant or anything. It's just I mean, it's common chemicals found when a body is decomposing. I see. It's not actually anybody's DNA. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just anyone's these bone or hair. It's also present when mm-hmm. this There's happens. a body decomposing. I see. Yeah. Decomposing. Decomposing yeah. in the soil. I see. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why it's not enough just, for war. Yeah, that's, that's why, why they, they can't can. just go check it out. Yeah, you want to know who owns that property? Who? Laura Prepon. Really? Yeah, that 70s show, uh, Orange is the yeah, New yeah. Black. Yeah, yeah. She was a yep. voice in Halo 2, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she-, and she has declined for them to come on the property. Really? And non-invasively try and look. Crazy. For bodies without a... I don't know. Maybe she's just like... Doesn't want to live on a murder house, and as soon as she finds out she does, she's got to move? Yeah, well, there's apparently an episode of like Celebrity Ghost Hunter. Really? Where she was on it saying how her house was haunted. Now, I don't know if that was the house that house or if it was a different house i'm not 100 percent sure about that but that would be weird if it was that house yeah but i well, don't you know. know she probably listens to us so you know laura get at us and like mm-hmm. let us you know. know let us know tell us your story yeah we'd love to hear from you it'd be awesome <laughs> but i don't know she probably is just, when you're a big star like that it's like you're a private person you probably just yeah, don't want totally. You want people snooping around in your shit. Mm-hmm. Especially some guy who's convinced that his dad like killed people there, but there's no like yeah, because that's someone that you just want to let on your pro- your property. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. what I mean, they already claim they found decomp chemicals in the soil near your house. What else are they going to find that? And then what are they going to? What action are they going to take? Like, so do you care if you if we just like dig up your whole yard? Like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. I really mm-hmm. do. You guys can fuck right mm-hmm. off. Yep. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I, I. That's a hard no. For I me. care a big fucking time. <laughs> yeah. So I would imagine, you know, if the obviously if there was some actual evidence found, like a bone or whatever turns up, then, then yeah, the police department can obviously compel somebody to allow them to because they have to investigate that. But, yeah, yeah. But if they but can't, just, yeah, they can't find it, then. 
just it's private property decomp and, chemicals and to, in the yeah. soil is is clearly that's not enough that's not enough for probable cause the mystery remains are there any remains what does remain we will we don't know are we even like i mean is this even like reality anymore i don't, I don't think know. it is i don't think it is <laughs> I'm at that point. We were going to talk about George Reeves as well, but this one's run a little bit long, so we will tack him on to the next one. As normal, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Stranger Than Podcast. On Facebook, you can find us at Stranger Than Podcast, and you can also find our group, The Strange Space. Join us. Join us in The Strange Space. Join us. It's a fun place. Mm, there's memes. There are memes. Check out our Podbean page. It's strangerthanpodcast.podbean.com. You can email us at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. And our brand new shiny fancy Patreon, you can find at patreon.com slash strangerthanpodcast. You can go there and check out some rewards for giving us some money. Uh, One thing is a monthly bonus show. Mm -hmm. We've 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 spent some some time getting some getting some together. shows together so yeah so uh sign up for fun and it would really help us out and we would be ever so grateful yes we'd like some new microphones absolutely so then my voice doesn't sound like shit that's right <laughs> as much as it cannot i guess that's right <laughs> then we will be back at you for part two of hollywood mayhem Stay strange out there. Oh, what? You stole my line? <laughs> Fucker. You stole mine. <laughs> yeah, no, but really, stay strange, everyone.